1: Second warning, we don't know anything about anything. So don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously.
0: Ho, ho, ho! Happy holidays one and all, and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on?
1: I feel like our listeners should know that you know... Never give me any warning about how you were going to start these things.
0: I hadn't, didn't have a plan. <laughs> That's just what happened. You
1: just looked like you were having a seizure as you were t-
0: I preparing. Was, I was preparing the, <laughs> the barrel of laughs.
1: Indeed. Um, and why do we have a barrel of laughs today of all days?
0: Because our Christmas marathon continues apace... With a Christmas Horror Story from 2015.
1: If my calendar calculations are correct, this podcast is being put up during, like, the week of Christmas. Or, like, this is the one right before Christmas.
0: So what you're saying is it would be appropriate to begin this podcast with
1: (laughs) ho-ho-ho-ho! Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Good. So appropriate. That's what I did. So... A Christmas Horror Story is an anthology.
0: Sort of. It
1: begs the question, is an anthology an anthology when it's told by having, you know, four or five different stories all unfolding, twisted together amongst each other, and then coming together in the end? Does that just make it a movie?
0: That's the thing. I think it's a really fine line because you have these different stories in this movie. But I mean, in the end, we find they're all part of the same story. And how is that any different than Ferris Bueller's Day Off or something? I don't know. (laughs) That's just a random one.
1: Well, like we've talked before about movies that have separate storylines that come together and, and eventually, you know, are all woven together into this amazing story and how much I like that. But yeah, I, I really, I feel like this one is an anthology, and I'll tell you why.
0: Oh, why?
1: Because it very much feels like there was an assignment at the beginning of, we're going to write Christmas stories. I would like this one to have zombies in it. I would like this one to have Krampus in it. I would like this one to be about the virgin birth.
0: Oh. Yeah, it was. I was. I was thinking that was like the one that was a uh, almost found footage teens in a haunted house story. But yeah, I mean, it the, was the Christmas premise of it was the Virgin Birth,
1: right? So like, so like each piece of it was kind of told in a slightly different way. Because you're right, like that one did sort of almost feel like found footage. It almost. wasn't, but it it was leaning in that direction. But they all had a different like Christmas assignment. Yeah. And And
0: one is the story of Santa himself. Oh, that's actually the zombie one.
1: Yeah. But then there's the one that has a changeling and trolls in it.
0: Or changelings that are referred to as trolls at one point for some reason.
1: Right. So here's something. I do know that like in some Scandinavian cultures, there's like the Christmas Tompton, which is sort of like a Christmas troll or gnome. I believe it. So maybe that's what that was? Maybe that's what that was leaning toward, but I don't ever remember changelings being related to Christmas yeah, in anything I've come across before. In fact, I always thought changelings were like fairy folk, not trolls. Like
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know that there's a connection to that. I, it's just weird. I think only at one point did he say trolls, and it's like it was a mistake or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So that one was that one felt like A stretch, maybe?
0: Or maybe we just don't know the lore. That is... We don't know anything about anything.
1: (laughs) True, true, true. So anyway, I do think because of that, like group assignment kind of thing, like everyone did their own piece and then they brought it together and they tied it together. I I think it falls into the anthology category for me.
0: I was wondering if different people did the different pieces. It didn't seem like it. It seemed like it was one cohesive creation, but I, I do wonder. I didn't look into it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So if it was all one person, then it feels more like a movie. Oh, no. I don't know. Should we actually do some research and know what we're talking about? Mm. Yeah, we probably should.
0: This is our Christmas gift to you, listeners. <laughs> so, upon further research, we find that it had three directors and at least four writers, which is not necessarily different. No. Kind of movie ish.
1: I'm, in my head, I'm going to consider this an anthology. I'm going to consider this a very well-constructed group project.
0: <laughs> they, they worked well together. Or yes. maybe they made one guy do all the work, and they were, like, kicking back.
1: I mean, it's possible, but whatever.
0: It is. So the wraparound story to this set of stories mm-hmm. is about a DJ. Well, he's, Dangerous he's not, Dan. Yeah, he's not really part of the story, per se, but william shatner playing a dj Mm -hmm. and he's you know doing christmas radio and yapping to his listeners and being obnoxious and he sends out his weatherman to go to the mall for some reason and throughout the course of the movie we check back in and eventually it's kind of like oh what's happening at the mall something weird's going on and we don't know what
1: and he's so worried about his weatherman
0: He's so worried about Norman.
1: He's only worried about him because he's getting trashed on and liquored up eggnog.
0: Yeah, he was. For sure. But the big twist of the movie is what's (gasps) happening at the mall, which ties everything together. It does tie
1: everything together. So, Weatherman, when he was being sent out by Dangerous Dan, was not in the Christmas spirit.
0: No, he was mad.
1: And he went out to the mall, and he just starts murdering all the people
0: yeah he does but he doesn't know that he's murdering them it seems like
1: no because he thinks he's santa because he's in a santa costume and he's having delusions that he's santa fighting off zombie elves and this is how the wraparound ties to the zombie story
0: Second movie in a row where a guy puts on a Santa costume and, like, immediately becomes one with it and feels like it's his true self.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Common common thing.
1: The Christmas spirit is strong and it will take you over.
0: Another theme of this film from one of the other stories.
1: Okay, so that one is tied (laughs) to the wraparound story because Dangerous Dan is the grandfather of Caprice and... Duncan, whose parents are taking them unwillingly on a trip to visit Aunt Edda, who is estranged.
0: Yeah, she is a strange.
1: <laughs> Stranger than her, though, is her, like, weird butler dude?
0: I don't know how he's related, but his name is Gerhardt,
1: And he is also obsessed by the Christmas spirit, but not the, like, happy Santa... murdery santa side of it
0: murdery santa
1: he's he's uh taken over by the krampus side the naughty punishing side
0: so caprice and her family are going there that's the krampus story but also caprice dropped off the keys to the kids who were doing the found footage thing in the basement of the school
1: because caprice and dylan are dating And Dylan was like either the sound guy. No, Dylan was the camera guy for Molly, who is a a budding journalist Mm -hmm. and goes into this school where kids got murdered last year and uh, wants to report on it. And then there's all hauntings.
0: There are hauntings. The thing that lures Molly and her friends down there. Is the fact that there's this video that she's obtained somehow uh-huh. from the police who were investigating that murder, and one of the cops doing the investigation like started singing a Christmas song mm. during checking out all these bodies.
1: Again, taken over oh, by taken the Christmas by spirit. The spirit.
0: Yes, because he didn't even really know he was doing mm. it, I think. And also, that was never explained or connected to anything. That it really just happened. Wasn't.
1: But I think that just is something that the ghosts in that space yeah. do because there were a couple other people who were like either singing or humming Christmas carols at some yeah. point down there.
0: Okay, that's fair. But it's nothing about him. It's just Right. Fine. It's just
1: that's what happens. But he goes on like leave after this after he finds these kids murdered and, you know, yeah. he's traumatized and what have you, and possibly slightly haunted. And he
0: Haunting Leave. Three weeks a year. <laughs>
1: And he is married to or dating a lady who has a kid named Will, and they all go out and steal a tree from a forest that they're not supposed to cut trees down from. And Will gets lost in the woods and exchanged for evil Will, who Mm -hmm. goes home with them and then gets murdery.
0: Yeah. The thing that kept affecting me about that story is, for some reason, the guy who owned the woods that they stole the tree from was Steve Bannon. And he wasn't credited as such, but he definitely was. <laughs> he might have even been played by Steve Bannon.
1: Oh, that's so sad.
0: Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> and it makes sense, though, because he was he was a guy whose job and or hobby or obsession was taking care of a herd of trolls.
1: Okay, and he says he's protecting them, but she shoots him and that's when they are like, "Oh, thank you so much. Here's your son. We will give him back to you." Yeah. Like there was more going on in that forest.
0: Yeah, he was like a troll farmer. He was
1: Which again, very Steve Bannon, like very yeah. on brand. For Running Steve a Bannon. troll
0: farm that makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, and so They were glad he was dead and they gave back her kids, so that's good.
1: Yeah. That
0: was the weirdest of the stories to me. The least Christmassy for sure, although it definitely took place at Christmas.
1: It did, and it like like we said earlier, it probably is more Christmassy than we are aware of. Yeah. But just as a story, like I was like, there were the most missing pieces to that, I think. Which I was curious about, so I think that makes it good, but also I wanted more.
0: Speaking of politics, there was one (laughs) brief moment where the kids are down in the basement investigating the haunting ghosts... And they get spooked by running into a mannequin and going, ah, you know, thinking it's a person. Uh And in fact, it's a bunch of mannequins because it's a nativity scene Mm -hmm. that's down there in the basement. And one of them comments, yeah, you know, these are down here because you can't display nativity scenes anymore. And she like rolls her eyes.
1: (laughs) That was, um, I made a note uh, that that was the second time that someone had strongly hinted that there was a war on Christmas. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think she mentioned it too.
1: Yeah, I was looking for vibes because I couldn't quite tell the the way Dangerous Dan mentioned it at the beginning about you know we're gonna say a Merry Christmas and it's about Jesus and you know oh, yeah, all of that. Yeah, he
0: was gonna talk about Jesus and his. And no his, one can uh, stop me. His producer like didn't want him doing that.
1: Right, right. So like at that point, I was like, hmm, is this just this character? Is this it is this character doing this, or is this? movie going to be pointing <laughs> out the horrible war on Christmas. And I think, I don't know. I think it was vague enough that it felt like it just was part of these particular stories and these particular characters.
0: Yeah. But but it was I a little know. weird for a teenager to feel that way. Yeah. It's kind of strange.
1: Although at the time I also thought that maybe they weren't displaying the nativity scene and doing a bunch of Christmas stuff because last year teenagers got murdered. <laughs> Because of, like, as part of this, like, maybe it was just a little too traumatic. I don't know. maybe. But apparently she thought it was the war on
0: Christmas. It Everything is the war on Christmas. <laughs> we know that. We do.
1: Um, this movie had some really great lines in it. Some of them I cannot share. Mm-hmm. Because some of the best lines had some naughty language yeah. in them. The elves, as the elves went evil, and like, yeah, that was awesome.
0: They were, They didn't go evil supposedly they were like like they kind of made a point that elves can't die they live forever and yet somehow this one elf got sick and died and therefore now he's a zombie because he can't die and he died right something to that effect
1: one of my favorite quotes came <laughs> right at that time where someone said elves becoming the walking dead it doesn't make any sense
0: <laughs> no it doesn't and i thought
1: you are correct <laughs> That doesn't make any sense.
0: (laughs) Nope. But for some reason, when they became zombies, they also became extremely profane. And they just started shouting profanity at everyone.
1: Uh, They were particularly not fans of Mrs. Claus. Yeah,
0: that's for sure.
1: When they became zombies.
0: Well, because she gives them cookies. And I guess when they're (laughs) zombies, they don't want cookies anymore.
1: That horrible, horrible woman.
0: Yes. So that Santa segment really stands out from the rest of the film because the rest of it's kind of taking place out in the real world. Obviously there's weird monstery stuff happening, but it's, you know, the normal world. And then there's Santa up in the North pole dealing with elves. So like, it's weirdly magical. And for most of the movie, you're like, or at least I felt Mm -hmm. that that was weird. I'm like, why does this movie have that kind of magical kitty Santa story along with this other stuff? And then it wasn't until towards the very end when that's revealed, you know, Mm. that that's Norman's story of murdering everyone in the mall. It was actually all in his head was this Santa story. So it actually ties right in, which was fun.
1: It really does. Although I don't think that it really stood out as that weird to me just because, like, there were (laughs) ghosts in one of the stories. And Krampus chasing people. Right. Like... All the stories had supernatural elements. Yeah. It's just that in this one, it was very much like the North Pole. Yeah,
0: he's up there. He's got a giant castle and factories making toys and stuff. It was weirdly magical.
1: Yeah. So my question is, did you have a favorite and or a least favorite amongst these anthology pieces?
0: I don't know. I mean, I feel like it all works together. I was probably least interested in what the kids were up to, which is weird because when they first went down there, I was like, this is actually doing a really good job of presenting like a haunted basement. Like this feels creepy and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was surprisingly good. But also they were just kind of, you know, they were dumb teens and they were doing weird, dumb things. So I was kind of least interested in that. But then, I mean, the rest of it just kind of... I mean, it was for an anthology. It was very tied together, Mm -hmm. which is why we have this confusion over whether it is an anthology. Right. What do you think? Where do you stand on these stories?
1: Well, the kids in the school basement one, to me, was the most upsetting of them. Yes. Because it was the one, I think for me, it was the one that touched on the most, like, real world horror even though it had ghosts and haunting and whatever which is not real world to me but it also had some like like it really talked about the whole virgin birth thing and it like put a whole bunch of icky associations with it like yeah you know in that in that story is where we hear mention of abortion we hear mention of or we see what is essentially sexual assault yeah i mean there's a ghost involved so like really neither of the people is is to be held to blame in the story but like th- it there's not consent there because of the ghost involvement yeah there were just some just really yucky pieces to that one so i don't know it was the most upsetting but maybe also the one that i was the most like interested in because of all those pieces?
0: Speaking of sexual assault and upsetting, there was something more upsetting than that in a different story. Okay. In this movie, again, there's supernatural involvement, so the people are not at fault, but a child molests his own mother.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The changeling. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: That was, like, not even necessary. They didn't have to put that in the movie.
1: No. I had blocked that part out of my brain actually. <laughs> I had forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah, that was that was not great. No. I honestly think the changeling story was the one I was the least interested in, and I think it's because I don't understand the strong connection to Christmas. Yeah, me like, neither. It didn't connect for me because for me, changelings and trolls aren't something I think of about Christmas. Which is odd because when I was a child, we literally read a story called The Christmas Tompton. We literally read that book like every year for Christmas. Like, I know that story <laughs> very well.
0: Was there a changeling?
1: No, but they were like <laughs> the little troll gnome guys. Like, it was. Yeah. it's a Scandinavian story. So, it's weird that that's not... That's not something that I associate with because it should be. Except that clearly all the times that we read it, I was like, this is a story from a different culture and I never like internalized (laughs) it. Yeah. I don't know. That was the one I was the least interested in though. And that, yeah, I was the least engaged with. I think I really liked the Santa and the elves one because the whole premise of elves don't die (laughs) <laughs> makes sense like yeah they live forever they're up there making toys for eternity which just is just like santa horrible
0: slavery
1: uh, right and then
0: and then mrs claus is like but here have a cookie that'll hold you over for the long shift <laughs> right the, wow The
1: eternal shift
0: that is some
1: um uh, but then like the idea that okay well these immortal beings they get exposed to some kind of virus and it was never really explained where the virus no. came from but like
0: Santa you know. was saying I know who's responsible and it seemed like Krampus was yes. who was responsible in some way.
1: Yes. But for them to be exposed to a virus and then become zombies and like <laughs> have the whole hunting them down and Santa having to do horrible gruesome yes. things. It was like this scene it reminded me some of some scenes in The Hebrew Hammer yeah. where yeah. Santa is being attacked by like the reindeer, or whoever. Were. Yeah,
0: the reindeer murdered. Yeah, him.
1: because his son Damien wanted him dead.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that's classic Christmas. <laughs>
1: that's that's reality. <laughs> no, I, I think just the humor of it and the like irreverence of it, I liked. Whereas, like the basement one was more reverent in its horror. Yeah, the Santa zombies were very irreverent and very. Yes, funny. they were. Yeah, I think the Dangerous Dan, like, tie together where he's just sitting there getting sloshed for Christmas <laughs> yes. and getting more and more, like, morose and melancholy and woe is him. And, you know, that one was a little triggering for me, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So, I didn't love that. Also, I'm not a fan of William Shatner. No, so, right off the yeah. bat, I was set to not like it. That was it.
0: the thing is he felt like... He was a really good choice to play like I mean, there was nothing political about it, but still I'm gonna say a right wing radio host. Like he yes. had that feel of just Well, I mean not he a was nice like, guy. I'm gonna
1: say Christmas and Jesus but, and no one can stop me feels very right wing. Yeah. Um I did I did make a note about how William Shatner playing this conservative talk show host who was sort of representative of everybody's drunk uncle at Christmas. I'm like, this is typecasting and (laughs) like sort of, I think you even mentioned this as we were watching it, that it's sort of like William Shatner playing William Shatner.
0: (laughs) It makes sense.
1: (laughs) So yeah, that was, I don't know. That one was an interesting one, but I mean, I think all of them were very well done. I will say that.
0: I do too. Although what's funny is like the Krampus monster. I thought it, it was well done, except uh, there's a point where they almost hit it with the car. That's when it they, we first see it. And it's it like just zooms across and you barely see anything. It looked like claymation. It looked so <laughs> terrible, like the lowest budget thing I've ever seen. And it, it may have better, just been though. that it happened so fast that yeah. I didn't see the quality of it. But it looked like some terrible claymation.
1: Yeah. Um, I did like how that story ended with... Caprice, whose name the whole time I was like, Who is named Caprice? <laughs> like, why did they give this character the name Caprice? And then at the end, I was like, Oh, I get it. Because she decides she learns the lesson from her Aunt Etta that anyone can be in, infused with the Christmas spirit. And if that Christmas spirit is angry and vengeful, it becomes the Krampus. Yes. And Caprice and Krampus. There's a lot of overlap. I'd in those like words. to point
0: out that caprice also comes from Capricorn, which is goat,
1: <gasps>
0: which Krampus very much oh, was. Yes, so that's
1: one of that's my, my favorite things. I think that's something about
0: this movie is that they they went kind of deep with that stuff. Not yes. not real deep, but no, referenced but all some throughout, things.
1: throughout there were references. like yeah. The principal in the school was named Principal Herod. Yeah. And even I, being completely uneducated around all things religious, was like, that's a reference. Yeah. So, like, yeah, there were lots of little Easter eggs to find.
0: Mm -hmm. And I liked how that Caprice Krampus story ended. I mean, like you said. Mm -hmm. But what I liked was it was just very... I mean, because these were small stories, it was everything had to be kind of handled real quickly. And it was like she got there and she was talking to Etta for like two seconds. And then there was kind of a revelation that Etta was kind of evil Mm -hmm. or super evil. And that turned it around. And it was like twist ending.
1: Yes. That Etta had intentionally sicked the Krampus on them to save herself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was cool. That was cool. Mm -hmm. I had very few notes with this movie, Solely.
1: <laughs> I had very lots of notes for this movie, but really because I was trying to keep track of all the stories.
0: Yeah, there was a lot going on. The reason I had very few notes was I was just like, this is cool. I thought this was going to be cheesy and dumb, but it was... I mean, it was dumb, but it was what I would say is a really good movie, but not good, good. Like, as a movie, like, it's, it's not deep. It's not smart. It doesn't do anything useful it's just really well done and entertaining and it has a lot for your mind to chew on because of all the different stories and multiple twists so it was very entertaining
1: Mm -hmm. so how would you score it then
0: overall surprisingly good is what i'm gonna say just Mm -hmm. it was a big surprise to me and i will give it four and a half fistfuls of spaghetti okay Just
1: shoving them right in your face. Just
0: shovel them in. Okay.
1: I am going to push back slightly on what you said.
0: Oh. Because you
1: said it's not deep and it's not smart and it's not useful. And I would argue that it is deeper than most Christmas movies.
0: Yeah, Christmas movies are usually pretty bad.
1: Because like it 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 dug into lots of different elements of Christmas. Yeah. I would say that it is smart. In that it did dig into lots of different pieces and it tied them all together delightfully. Like Delightfully. It is so hard to take all those different stories and make them all work so that they are individually their own stories and also fit neatly into the whole total umbrella narrative. That was very well done. So I'm going I to agree. say it is it was surprisingly deep and surprisingly smart. Okay. I will totally agree that there's not much usefulness <laughs> to this movie. No. But that's fine. If you have a movie that's entertaining and like interesting, absolutely. Like that's the usefulness of it is that it was fun to watch and yeah. and that it was quality in so many different ways. So I am also going to give this movie four and a half fistfuls of spaghetti. Sweet. Um, and I would venture to say this this would land in sort of my traditional Christmas movie watching <laughs> like list. You know, we don't have a ton of those that we watch, but this one was entertaining enough and kind of quirky, you know? I liked yeah.
0: it. Well, it's in the oeuvre of Christmas movies in which people eat spaghetti, which are usually pretty good Christmas movies.
1: Are there other Christmas movies where people eat spaghetti? Uh,
0: With maple syrup on it.
1: Oh, yeah! (laughs) Is there sugar in it?
0: Then yes! yes.
1: Yeah, actually it's funny that this podcast is coming out right before Christmas. We are recording it the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So I have not yet fully gotten into the Christmas spirit. Like I just switched It my... hasn't
0: fully gotten into you. Exactly.
1: I haven't decided am I Santa or am I Krampus?
0: <laughs> oh I hope you're Santa.
1: <laughs> no, like I I just switched the lights that I have decorating my living room from white, which they are all year long. To Christmas colors. hmm We decorated gingerbread houses.
0: We sure did. Yesterday,
1: and we've been eating those. But I have not watched any of my traditional Christmas movies yet.
0: Like Die Hard.
1: Or Elf. hmm Or The Hebrew Hammer, mm-hmm. which is technically a Hanukkah movie.
0: Yeah. It's got a lot of Christmas <laughs> in it, too.
1: Yeah, it does. I guess that wraps up this collection of Christmas horror movies. And wraps up this Christmas season... But, but we're not done with the holiday season yet
0: no, because next week i hope we're gonna watch a new year's movie yes if we can find one but i think i know of one okay okay
1: all right well we will be back next week with a new year's movie Hooray! and until then have a good week
0: have a good holiday week party on everybody
1: Merry Christmas. I'm going to say that because nobody can tell me I can't.
0: Happy holidays.
1: (laughs) I make this sound.